In your leadership experience, have you ever felt isolated in your struggles? My guest today is an expert in creating communities to enhance leadership skills and find solutions through coaching. I'm excited to once again have Danny Bauer, the host and creator of Better Leaders, Better Schools on the Aspire podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Danny, you were the guest of episode 24 on Aspire, and I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Episode 24. Can you even remember way back then? <laughs> it was a while ago, actually. I was, I was very surprised to see how long ago it was. Yeah, that's, that's fun uh, being able to just reflect back. I love having guests on for a second or third time on my show and just seeing how we all evolve, right? And how we're now adding new forms of value. And I don't know if you've done a roundup of your episodes, but we've we've been working on the top 25 of the better leaders. So that one's about to be out in October. And I uh, linked up your podcast because I'm doing an epic blog post on all the top educational leadership shows and Aspire is definitely on that list. No, oh, I appreciate that. And Danny, I know you have a lot of projects, the podcast being one of them, but also another thing that you do is you coach other leaders. So what drew you to leadership coaching and how did that process begin? My story is going to a conference, the Global Leadership Summit, and the facilitator of that conference said, everybody wins when a leader gets better. And I felt the weight and responsibility of that quote. And then I considered, well, how am I leveling up myself, my skills? If the community is all getting better, when I get better, what am I doing? It reminds me also of the JFK quote, right? A rising tide lifts all boats. And so I was facing the metaphorical fork in the road. My lived experience as a school administrator, leadership development does not happen within the district. We have leadership meetings and Joshua, maybe you can relate, but that's come here. Here's the testing stuff. Here's all the things that need to happen. And if they don't happen, by the way, we're going to fire you. (laughs) Okay. So that's not how to craft a meaningful vision. That's not how to have a hard discussion. That's not how to make change happen, which is what leadership's all about. And so I'm staring there at the fork of the road. I can either throw a pity party and just ignore what I now see or I have to choose another path and take ownership. So that is what I did. Uh, I started the podcast, and and that was my attempt to develop myself. And I joined a leadership community called Iron Sharpens Iron. That's where the transformation occurred. And in six quick months, my personal and professional life uh, just developed at such a rapid rate. The light bulb went on, and I said, who is connecting school leaders. If we're an isolated group, if everybody does win when a leader gets better, what if I jumped into that gap and threw a party each week called the mastermind and invited people to come along? And we started with seven founding members, you know, fast forward a few years and we have 60 members from six different countries around the world talking education and leadership in a deep way. And uh, that's how I got into coaching. So I'm just curious, with all of the different conversations that you have with other leaders, what are some of the most common topics discussed or problems that other leaders are having right now? I mean, broadly, they can touch on uh, building culture, uh, 
I've helped a number of assistant principals move into principal positions. So we're talking first 90 days, uh, how to best utilize a leadership team, how to work with a leadership team that's maybe been there for quite a long time and you're the new person. Uh, stuff that I mentioned, right? Casting vision, making change happen, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think one of the highest values that the group offers is to know, number one, you're not on this journey alone or you don't have to be. That's a choice. And you can do things to connect to, to others. Uh, and the other, the other thing, too, is just a, a bit of a confidence booster, you know, to know that you're OK, uh, that you're making a w wise decision uh, and you're moving forward, you know, with the right foot. And a lot of times, you know, it's no mistake of the leaders, but we develop blind spots and, you know, you can't identify your own blind spots. Right. Joshua, if I see spinach in your teeth, I'm going to tell you, you know. <laughs> But it's a lot harder for me to know unless I'm walking around with a mirror and then people probably think I'm the most uh, vain person <laughs> in the world, right? Yep. So you need others to point out the spinach in your teeth mm -hmm. and you need others to uh, just give you better perspective on whatever issue it is that you face and even better when they sit in the same seat you do as a school leader and even better when you don't work with them because they get what you're going through but you don't have to go to work together so they can be radically honest and tell you exactly what you need to hear to get the spinach out of your teeth. <laughs> that reminds me, I heard a speaker once talk about an interview process where he had his fly down on purpose to see if the interviewee would tell him because he then knew that they were qualified to then provide him feedback. And I always <laughs> stuck in my mind. And then funny enough, my principal at the time the next day had their fly down and I said, are you really trying to test me right now? And it was of course an accident, but I did let them know that <laughs> their fly was down. So I just thought that always was an interesting tactic for an interview process. I love creative ways to test for sort of core values, right? And so there they're looking for candor. And that's basically like the spinach and the teeth metaphor that I'm using. But I'm going to stop there because, Joshua, I am not mature enough to discuss <laughs> flies being down. And this can go off the rails really quick. <laughs> so, <was> there, <laughs> so in your leadership journey, was there ever a yeah. leader or a mentor that you worked with who you really admired? And if so, what qualities really made you gravitate toward them? Uh, Aaron Walker, and he's the one who launched and uh, facilitates Iron Sharpens Iron. And that's where my metaphorical light bulb went off and I understood what masterminds were and brought that to our industry. Mm -hmm. And I've been working with Aaron since uh, 2016. So, you know, I've learned a lot through him. The core group of that mastermind has been together for years. And I'm happy to say in the groups that I lead, there's people that have been working with me since 2016 as well. So Aaron's way different than me. He's a high D on the disc. I'm a high I. I'm relational. I'm a storyteller. And, and he's very direct. Okay. He, he's terrible at wait time. <laughs> so he'll ask a question. And if you don't answer it in two seconds, he'll tell you his version of the answer. I, I know wait time. I'm a former educator. Like that's important. I will stare at you for 30 minutes until you answer until it's so incredibly uncomfortable. So anyways, what have I learned from him? He says, uh, people crave authenticity. And I think that's true. And if you, you met me, uh, in a number of uh, situations. And this is who I am, right? So whether it's at a conference, if you're over at my house, if we're recording a podcast, this is who I am. 
And I'm not for everybody. My mastermind is not for everybody. And I'm okay with that. But for some people, they're going to resonate. And so authenticity is a piece of that. But the leadership lesson for your listener is also whatever you're doing at your school, it's okay that it's not for everyone, right? And be comfortable in that as well. Aaron's consistent. So he's, he's shown up whenever I need him. When he tells you he's going to do something, he does it. And so I, I try to be that way as well. And I think one, one of the other things that we do share is that we're both community builders. So that's definitely my superpower. You know, I, have you ever seen the Derek Sivers TED Talk? It was on uh, how to start a movement when there's that crazy guy dancing on the hill, right? So, and, and, and Sivers is definitely somebody who influences me very much in my thinking. But that video is great. Listener, if you, if you don't know it, just type in how to start a movement, Derek Sivers and Ted. But the point is, I'm trying to gather all of the ruckus makers. That's what I call you know, my tribe and school leaders. But I'm trying to gather all the people who are willing to dance first, right? Yeah. But they don't have somebody to dance with yet. What you do, like the community is waiting for you. And so that's something that I share with Aaron is just uh, the community building aspect. So I've talked about my own mentor, uh, Sandra Pegram. She's been a guest on my podcast, and she's just amazing. But she always said that leadership skills are developed through experiences. And I know for you, you've had quite a few experiences. So will you just share maybe one trial or failure that you had that created the most growth? Well, there's one I I really want to tell, but I'm still workshopping the story. And it's such a good one. Like I want it dialed in before I tell it. So I'm going to... Have me back on the podcast and ask me that question again. But the one that I will share is um, moving overseas. You know, that that wasn't necessarily like a failure, but it was definitely a huge moment of growth. Mm-hmm. And taking the leap from Houston, Texas, where it's one nation under tacos, right? Yeah. That's the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> to To Antwerp, Belgium, to Harlem, Netherlands, to Glasgow, Scotland, I realized how much... Uh, how much in my mind I have a set way of thinking things should run. And then the exposure to all these different ways of living, different perspectives and viewpoints. I mean, imagine getting off the plane, right? Getting to the Airbnb, dropping off your luggage and you're starving, right? It's time to eat. You've been flying all this kind of stuff. You find breakfast, you order breakfast. It ends up being actually the worst Belgian breakfast you have in your one year there. It just happened to be day one. It was terrible. Uh, But you look across across the um, center there, there's a dude just having a huge beer at like eight in the morning, reading the crant, the paper. That's just how they do it. It's okay. He wasn't, he didn't want to get drunk. I mean, he's just having beer. They drink it like water. So having those kind of experiences definitely has given me a, a much wider perspective and appreciation of how people just go about living. And so with that, you know, connecting it to the listener, put yourself in situations intentionally to learn different leadership perspectives, right? So listen to different leadership podcasts, go to different conferences that are outside of education. Uh, in the mastermind, we don't read one education book for that purpose, right? So that we just have a, a, a wider, I guess, lens and approach to life, leadership, and education. So we've touched on a couple of things, the podcast and masterminds. So as the years have gone by, the Better Leaders, Better Schools initiative has really taken off. So what are some new projects that you're currently working on to help our current and aspiring leaders? New projects, uh, book number two, um, proposals are going out. So I have uh, three proposals I'm working on with uh, three different publishers and on two different topics. So maybe we should add some more numbers just to confuse everybody. But uh 
I'm excited to see um, who is going to accept that proposal and move forward with that project. I launched a mastermind for entrepreneurs in education on accident. So I had a number of people email me and they said, hey, I'm an edupreneur, right? I, I do business in the education niche. Do you, I know we, you have communities for principals. Do you have something for us? I said, now I do. When do you want to meet? And nine people are in that group. Uh, I'm launching an inner circle for superintendents. And so that's a superintendent only mastermind. Five superintendents have committed to that. And so we have room for uh, seven more. I'll close that group at, at 12. Um, so if you have listeners that are superintendents, feel free to reach out. We'd love to connect you to that tribe. You know the Go community. You're, you're a great promoter of that. And so here's the thing. The mastermind is the flagship opportunity to develop yourself. But you have to be ready. One, you have to be ready for the time commitment because it's every week, at least for an hour for the meeting. There's a little bit of reading outside. And then any relationship building you want to do outside of the meeting, outside of the reading, that will obviously add more value to the group. Uh, there's a real financial investment. And uh, for some people, they're just they're scared to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. I talked to Eileen. So Eileen's a principal in China, uh, or headmaster uh, in China. And uh, she was at a teacher recruitment fair in London. I live in Glasgow. So I flew to London, met her just to hang out, buy her lunch and just talk. And she told me, you know, I had to get over the guilt. I said, what, what are you talking about? And she said, listen, I buy clothes to look the part all the time. And I have really fine clothes. They're professional. I look great when I'm at work, but I never have invested in myself and in my development, in my mindset, in my ability to make choices. And I had to get over that guilt. But when you really zoom out and get from the forest and the trees, isn't how you make decisions, right? And the mindset that you bring to the table as a leader, so much more important than what kind of shirt, you know, or pants you're wearing. So anyways, that was her big aha. Uh, and that, that was pretty interesting. So um, there's a number of uh, reasons um, people might be challenged to join the mastermind. And so the creative project that I'm trying to tell you about, Go Community, that's a much uh, lower risk investment. It's much cheaper. It's asynchronous. So, um, you know, you just hop on when you want, add value to discussions. There's online courses you can take at your own rate, all sorts of different features, you know, that I think uh, makes it massively valuable and will help you uh, level up. So those are, those are some of the main, I think, projects I'm working on. Oh! And the live event. So the live event's coming July 9th through 11th. Uh, Super small, very intimate. It's about unplugging from social, unplugging from the stresses of work to reconnect with your soul, who you are as a human being, who you are as a leader. And uh, all leaders that attend will walk away with a three-year roadmap for their personal life, their family, and their organization. And it's in an amazing location, kind of like Narnia. It's magical and is ideal for visioning where you're going to be going over the next three years. Since Danny brought it up, I want to take a minute to tell you about a new online resource from Better Leaders, Better Schools called Go Community. This has become one of my favorite places to go to engage with other amazing school leaders. This online resource is a great place to have conversations with other leaders, gain insight, engage in book studies, and develop your own leadership capacity. This online community is very, very different than social media because it's a private community with the same goal. 
I highly recommend using Go Community to level up your leadership capacity. If you're interested, go to joshstamper.com resources to sign up. The topic that you just discussed for the live event is a topic that's been coming up a lot in regards to leadership burnout. Are you mm. finding that to be the case where leaders are feeling like more and more things are being added to their plate but not taken off? Yeah, I absolutely see that. And I, I forget who I was talking to the other day, but uh, they were quoting themselves some uh, alarming numbers about school leaders specifically who are leaving right the, the field because of that burnout. So uh, that's something that I think is very front and center in the minds of definitely North American leaders, uh, definitely the UK, Australia. I'm not ignoring other countries, but the countries I just noted they have something in common, which is a, a heavy standardized test yep. culture, yep. which is really interesting. And again, now that I have this wider perspective, the rest of the world is not like that, right? And I'm not, well, I, I know I am convinced that that's not the right approach. So, you know, how do you change it? But I, I'm reading this book called The Little Book of Huga. And do you know what Huga is, Joshua? No, I don't. So, so it says, I'm not Danish, all right? Uh, so, <laughs> You know, I apologize to any uh, Danes that are listening if I murder this idea, but the idea is this sense of warmth, of coziness, of belonging, of comfort, wrapped up in one word. And that's interesting when you think about school leaders and burnout, because they, they talked about how important it is to get home every day, have dinner with your family, put your kids to bed. And, and in the book, they're like, if you have kids, you're leaving work at four. If you don't have kids, you might be a little crazy and leave at five. <laughs> and nobody works on the weekends, right? So it's not right, wrong, or different. But that's the anti-example of the U.S. work culture, right? And so I think when I work with leaders and, and, and vision, and we start with personal, we go to family, it's to identify what does life look like for you? And how often do you want to be with your family? You know, one of those things I say to leaders that, that always strikes a chord is, uh, tell me about the last soccer game you missed, right? Or the last uh, arts performance. And that's not hard to do. And something popped up, there was a fire, whatever, whatever. Here's the thing. The priorities are backwards. And if you go professional, family, and then yourself, and there could be a spiritual component that's important there too, it's the wrong order. Yep. And that is why you don't have time for family or yourself. So when I work with leaders, we inverse that and we work with you, then family, then professional. And there's a much you know thorough framework to, to work through, but that's at least the right order of considering all those important topics. So with each of your programs, it really did seem like there was a community feel in the description. Was that extremely intentional due to the fact that a lot of leaders, especially principals, feel like they're on an island? Yeah, I mean, I used to say a lot, you know, that I fight isolation and I still do. But I, I really like describing our why that everybody wins when a leader gets better. Everybody wins when you get better. And we do that through human relationships and community building like the mastermind, like the Go community. So it is it is intentional. It is because leaders are on an island, but they say two minds are better than one for a reason, right? So what if you have 12 people to give you that perspective or no more than 15? Mm -hmm. um, that 12 to 15 range, like that's a lot of smart people in a room that can help you out. 
And you're just, there's no way you're going to be a worse leader, right? And even if you get just 1% better, I think it's, I think it's absolutely worth it. Although you'll get a hundred times better. So yeah, the community stuff is definitely intentional. It's just always fun. You know, a lot more fun to, um, like I said, have the party to not be dancing alone. You can go to a cave or a monastery or something like that. If you want, if you want to do something on your own or be a principal. (laughs) Danny, with the rapid amount of change that is occurring in education, how can our leaders combat fear and resistance to topics such as project-based learning or restorative practices, maybe future-ready learning, or even what I'm experiencing in my own district with grading practices? Well, so if it's a grading example, I think that kind of comes to a couple points. One of power, because you have the authority and the power with grading with kids. And so you're like, oh, I'm giving away one of the only things I have to motivate or whatever. And so you have to have to help people connect the dots and see where they still have authority or, or power and that kind of stuff and influence. I think it taps into fear, right, of competence. And so, okay, I've done this for who knows, five years, 10, 20. And now you're asking me to do something completely different. We're moving from horses to cars. Like what? Right? Like this is a big jump. And so I would just uh, offer as much PD as possible on the topic to help people feel, you know what, I can do this. And here's the other thing. Ask why it's not going to work. Like leaders are so afraid of people that are going to criticize their ideas and they see that as a bad thing, right? Um, No, see it as a good thing. When they have questions about why something's not going to work, they're giving you the roadmap for your professional development. You might be saying, right, that changing our grading is going to result in X. Let me show you why that's not true, right? And so you have like the next 10 topics from all the criticism. Um, plus, if you invite that, if you invite that in, uh, I think that builds trust, credibility, and in a better culture and team-like atmosphere. So say, hey, team, why is changing our grading policy the stupidest idea you've ever heard? Like, tell us why it's going to fail. And now you're doing something called a pre-mortem. You're deciding why a project or initiative will fail before it does. As opposed to a post-mortem, the project's dead. Let's identify why. Well, guess what? It's too freaking late. So if you do it ahead of time and you can identify like why these things might screw up, now you can do and, and be pro, proactive versus reactive and, and build guardrails around, you know, what people think as uh, challenges. So I think those are definitely, you know, some smart approaches to that. So I would do that. And then the sort of the biggest idea around it is, okay, maybe it is power and influence and competence and this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like, why is Joshua in education? And why does he want to be a leader? Do you know the vision and the why behind all the people you serve right? What brings them to work every day? And can you connect that to the shift, right? So then it's less about, you know, um, sort of independent selfish needs, but connecting to a higher sort of uh, goal in vision. So we've talked about the leadership development practice in education right now and the lack of programs and, and opportunities for aspiring leaders to, like you say, level up. So for our current leaders, what are some ways that they can start to hone in on aspiring leaders and help their development? 
Well, I wouldn't join a Facebook group because to me, that's like the uh, social channel equivalent of the teacher's lounge where a bunch of people are just like <laughs> super negative and nasty and not necessarily the people you want to connect with. Although there are some good people on there, but that's, that's, that's why I created Go and some other things because I want the right people connecting and being generous and sharing. So don't join a Facebook group. But Twitter is still, I mean, there are some trolls and uh, goofballs on there, but uh, Twitter chats are still very active. Yep. Um, there's some pretty strong professional learning networks, PLNs, there. And so um, I would say that's a very easy step. Uh, look for different conferences, you know, and unconferences and things like that that you can join. There is the Go community. There is masterminds. I'm not the only one doing doing them. I was... Uh, the first and, uh, you know, I've, I've grown the most, um, but there's other people out there that can offer value and, uh, serve you in that way. Um, you know, and I always tell people, if you don't see what you want, then start it, you know? So, uh, try to get people together locally or do something virtually. Um, you know, so that's, that's what I would say. You've mentioned several books um, that you've been reading, and I know that you're all about literature and finding new books to help your development. So are there any that you would recommend to our aspiring leaders? I could recommend a million books. I know. So I have a whole library. Mastermind really loved The Culture Code recently. Uh, so that one is by Daniel Coyle and is all about, uh, obviously, building culture. There's a book called A Beautiful Constraint, which I think school leaders should check out. That book gets shipped to you if you join the Alt MBA, which is a you know really cool program. I went through it, won a prestigious award, and now I get to coach for it, which is pretty neat. But the beautiful constraint is all about how to play with constraints. So I think connecting this to the grading policy, you know, how do you turn that into an opportunity and a strength? And whenever you are lacking resources and need flexibility and curiosity, uh openness in your in your design type thinking uh that book is hands down an incredible resource and let me give you one more um seth godin's this is marketing and although school leaders think they're not marketers they are because marketing is about telling your story and so you're telling your school story you're telling the story of the great changes happening with the grading policy you often have to tell a great story to increase enrollment so that kids still want to come to your school. doesn't matter if you're public or charter. I think all of them need to do that. And, and Seth's book, I think really teaches a, a, just a good approach on how to connect with people, understand their desires, hopes, dreams, how to connect with them and use empathy and to tell powerful stories uh, that communicates. I see you, I hear you, you're important and I'm here to serve you. I know Education hasn't exactly transformed at a fast pace. However, the professional world has. <laughs> so how do we, as leaders, kind of catch up our educational process to match our technology and some of the things that our jobs are looking for? I mean, my, my thing is all about helping school leaders level up. And so I would say work on yourself first, right? To be honest, uh, things will change fast. That is true. But education moves very, very slowly. It's such a conservative industry and conservative um, group of people generally. I would say work on yourself because uh, even when these changes come down the pipe, 
how will you be best put in a position to help implement them? You know, and I, I think that's one of the things. So connecting dots back to, you know, like burnout or the grading policy, all this different kind of stuff. And I found it really interesting when I talked to uh, Gary, who's a superintendent, he says, I feel like I'm on a soup, um, a hamster wheel. Right. And I know principals feel like that as well. And if all you're doing is running and going nowhere, right, you might just get to where you're going, <laughs> which is a bit scary. So you have to interrupt that, you know, and that's that's my thing. Um, I'm not the guy to talk about sexy new curriculum ideas and tech and all that kind of stuff. Like my I will say till, you know, I'm in the grave. I'm about helping people level up and develop themselves. And, and you're absolutely worth it. So interrupt your own life and do something that's for you. So Danny, if someone is ready to level up or connect with you on social media, how can they learn about some of the projects that you're doing and get in contact with you? Yeah, thanks, Joshua. And I appreciate you having me on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, websites, betterleadersbetterschools.com. Email daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com. Twitter at, at Alien Earbud, uh, phone number 312-788-7595. So those are all the ways to connect with me here for you. You know, we, we offer school leaders that subscribe to the email list uh, office hours. You know, I'm, I do run a business. I do make profit, but there are things that we give away. There's tons of resources on the website, but one experiment we're running right now is just doing these 15 minute high intensity coaching slots. Mondays, Tuesdays, Fridays, and we just help you work through an issue super targeted, you know, really fast. It's a, it's amazing. Here's something. Here's a little gem for you at the end. When you put boundaries around something and you clearly communicate too, like Joshua, we got 15 minutes. Let's go. It's amazing how much you get done. Seriously, in 15 minutes, tackling a big issue when you, when you put those boundaries around it. Those office hours are open to people and uh, they're completely free, but you can only get it if you subscribe, you know, to the emails and basically just go to betterleadersbetterschools.com and you can get on the list that way. Yeah. Over 3000 school leaders subscribe. So, you know, something's going on. For those who are listening, I've, I've had an opportunity to sit down with, with Danny and, and he's done some coaching with me and I will say that it was an extremely valuable amount of time. We, we talked quite a bit and he was instrumental in helping this podcast. So kudos to you, Danny, on all that you do. I just thank you so much for your time today and providing such wisdom to our listeners. I absolutely. Here's one more idea for your listeners. <laughs> when you talked about what I learned from my mentor, Aaron Walker used to be a construction, uh, construction guy. And instead of trying to crush his competition, uh, business uh, competition, he brought them together. And they would bargain for uh, materials and resources. They would refer bids on projects that they couldn't handle. And again, the rising tide lifts all, all boats. And uh, early on, I made a decision. First, I made a decision. I wanted to crush guys like you and Jethro and Justin. And that was wrong for about five minutes. And then I thought about my mentor's teaching and what he did with uh, his construction, quote unquote, competition. And everybody got better, okay, together as a group. That's something, when going back to what do we need to challenge in terms of education, isn't it crazy how much we compete within a school district? Yeah. 
what if we shared all the best ideas and resources, dare I say faculty, you know, I was in selective enrollment in how we approached and got kids to pick our school. What if we shared the best techniques and that kind of stuff and collaborated? And I made that shift. So that's why I sat down and worked with you and did that coaching and in charge you because I want to see you win. I can't serve everybody. You can't serve everybody. But if both of us are serving everybody, that's better at the end of the day. So I promise that's the last story I'll tell. (laughs) You know, I can talk to you all day. Honestly, it's it's so good to learn from you and and to hear your experiences because it's not just experience in North America, but you're you're all over the world and you're seeing it from all different angles. So I just appreciate your time. Thanks, Joshua, for having me on the show.